0: Welcome to the Chapman CG podcast, inspiring and informative conversations with HR leaders from around the world. A research shows that organizations with employees who are highly engaged are more productive. And so there's been a lot of talk around this topic because organizations want to do more with less. But how do you increase employee engagement? Should you create flexible working environments, increase communication, or does it start with something as simple as respect? I'm here with and Champagne. Senior HR Director, Global Aftermarket Operations at Pratt & Whitney to discuss how simply treating employees with more respect can lead to higher employee engagement. Hi, Anna. Thank you very much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me, Alan. I appreciate the time.
0: No problem at all. Would would you mind telling us a little bit about your role at Pratt & Whitney?
1: Sure. So, um, as you mentioned, I am the Global Senior Director of HR for the Aftermarket Operations Organization, Within the Pratt & Whitney uh, UTC division, um, my organization it consists of about 50 HR professionals that support 5,000 employees across 17 sites in seven countries. Um, these, these 17 sites handle the repair and overhaul for our Pratt & Whitney engines. Um, some of them mm-hmm. are wholly owned and others are joint ventures.
0: Uh, employee engagement, um, is a topic um, you know, close to your close to your heart. Can you sort of elaborate on the the link between respect and employee engagement?
1: Sure. Well, I would say that um, respect, in my opinion, is it's fundamental to engagement. Um, you really can't expect one to be engaged without having a feeling of deep respect and value. Um, I would also say mm-hmm. that. Um, In an organization, respect truly cultivates understanding, sensitivity, diversity, and ultimately engagement itself. I think that when we demonstrate our respect for one another, we build a culture of trust, and that Mm -hmm. results in an engaged workforce. Now, that sounds, you know, very simple and straightforward. It certainly is something that's extremely complex and it's something that we have to be conscious of in our actions on a day-to-day basis sometimes we may slip away um sometimes a a word or a um decision may make one feel less than respected but i think that if in general you start with respect and end with res- end with respect um you should be able to cultivate the the trustworthy relationship that you need to maintain an engaged workforce.
0: And do you feel that that's that's really true, true across being you know, at obviously all levels of the organization? Uh, and where, where does it kind of start, do you feel? I mean, does it need to start at the, at the top? Do you start with your manager or it, you know, all levels?
1: You know, I often speak about a top-down approach with regard to building a culture, and I certainly don't mm-hmm. think that respect is um, immune to that methodology, but I, I truly believe that it's more of upward um, and downward approach in the organization. You know, when I am in New Zealand, for example, and I'm walking the shop floor and I see people working together, they need to respect each other just as much as, you know, the president of aftermarket or the aftermarket organization needs to respect his senior leadership team. And Mm-hmm. Despite the level differences in the organization, the same level of respect is needed in order to trust your business partner to help you meet the common goal
0: and that then in turn would as say sort of fosters a greater level of of engagement among among employees. absolutely so in your opinion, what do you think is the biggest impediment to? employee engagement as a whole?
1: Um, If I had to sum it in one word, I would probably categorize it as underutilization. Mm -hmm. I think that for the most part, people come to work in order to do a great job and to add value and from that be fulfilled in the work that they do, the results that they get. I think that um, if you come to work and you're bored or unchallenged or disinterested in the work that's before you, it would be very difficult to... Be engaged um I think that if an organization doesn't know how to best leverage the strengths and minimize the weaknesses of the people that are working toward um a common objective, then it can become increasingly contagious to have an a disengaged workforce because if I'm engaged in the work that I'm doing, but the person I'm working with is disengaged in the work that they're doing, I do think that it can. Spread in a contagious way. Okay, so you've
0: got to have everybody really with the sort of right mindset from the from the get go. Uh, so how do you? I mean, how do you? And this is more broadly speaking as well. Sort of how do you keep employees engaged in you know such a fast paced um, you know, global environment like like a Pratt and Whitney?
1: Well, we just keep them so busy that they don't have to think about engagement. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, all jokes aside, I think that you know a lot of organizations are a lot like Pratt, whether they're large or they're small they're very lean and it's essential to the prosperity of the organization over the years um Pratt and Whitney has done done a number of things to increase efficiencies and increase um increase effectiveness and with that comes a level of mandatory trust and transparency and so we take engagement as an open topic we keep it right in front of us we try to Um, address it in a very casual way as well as a very formal way. We want Mm -hmm. it to be second nature to us so that employees feel very comfortable saying, I'm disengaged in this moment or I'm disengaged on this particular project. We want to drive a culture that feels very comfortable with um, teetering between both engagement and disengagement so that we are aware of a circumstance or a situation and feel comfortable talking to our HR partners or our supervisors or our mentors um, about how we're feeling in, at any given moment. All of the classroom trainings, seminars, et cetera, we do those things as well. They're just additive to the things that we're trying to do internally to promote an engaged workforce. And I think that one of the key things that we do is just try to keep it right in front of us as a an open topic.
0: So it's top of mind all the time, it's... Uh... It builds into the culture then, doesn't it, of uh, every thought process?
1: Absolutely, and we're not perfect. Don't get me wrong. We um, certainly have work to do, um, especially as we expand um, in certain areas of our our workforce, especially as we look across to the different countries where we have different um, engagement needs and requirements. Mm. We're very attuned to not one size fits all. And we take the approach of open communication so that we can understand what nuances might exist in different places.
0: And then there are any sort of key specific steps that you would say that are important to creating a more engaged workforce, sort of maybe practical steps that people can can look at and uh, and use?
1: Sure. From a practicality perspective, I would probably say that there there are a couple key things that you need to do, um, both as an individual manager an individual contributor, as well as an organization. I think the first thing you have to do is set a vision. You have to be able to broadly explain to your workforce or your employee or your team what the vision is and what the big go get will be for any given period of time. And then you have to over-communicate. Not necessarily just over-communicate that vision, but over-communicate from an availability perspective so that you're always staying connected With employees, you always are demonstrating their value um, to the organization, the respect of their opinion, um, et cetera. The third thing I would say is to challenge. Um, Challenge the normal way of thinking. Challenge um, the normal scope of responsibilities. Don't just take an employee for granted and sense that, oh, this is what they're doing today and maybe that's all that they're capable of challenge them to do more, produce more, and I think that that will also um, help drive them to be more engaged. And then I would say from there, you have to trust. If you put a person Mm -hmm. in a particular position in order to be challenged, you have to trust that they will be able to accomplish what it is that they need to accomplish, because if you challenge them without the trust, then you may be setting them up for failure. Whether it's said or not, they may feel whether or not you believe in them and, and and they think they can be successful. And then maybe finally I would just say reward positive behavior results very, very often. No reward, no pat on the back, no promotion, no recognition, whether private or public is too small. And it goes a very, very long way um, with each individual.
0: Just, just a sort of quick question. What about sort of measurements of employee engagement? I mean, it's something that I've always kind of wondered about. And um, you know, if, if there are any kind of specific sort of metrics around how how successful employee engagement platform. Program is or can be. Is that something that you, you sort of see, you know, is out there in the market? Are there you know, sort of organizations you sort of see are, are doing it well, or is it something, you know, still kind of a, a sort of work in progress, do you think, with many firms?
1: So um, I've worked in a number of different organizations and I've seen the traditional uh, employee engagement surveys distributed yeah. annually, yeah. whether it's a, a full survey or maybe a shorter versioned uh, survey. In the offset year, um, and I've seen I've seen the pros and cons of that. I definitely think that um, a formal approach is necessary, um, in addition to a casual approach, um, a comfortable approach um, to the the topic of of engagement. But I think that from a measurement perspective, in order to truly understand where you may have pockets of issues, deep issues that you won't be able to. Um, ascertain in smaller focus groups or one-on-one conversations, it really can uh, demonstrate for you, a a formal survey can really demonstrate for you if you have a systemic issue in a particular region or in a particular facility or even with a particular manager. We come across people who are great um, people, workers, et cetera. They manage up very well. So their supervisors and maybe even two levels above thinks this person is fantastic, but the employees that work for them don't necessarily agree. And you really wouldn't get that information um, in a in a very measurable way without a formal survey. So I think the market is shifting a little bit away from um, every single year um, putting out a formal survey, but I don't think that um, it will go away completely ever. And I hope that it doesn't because for, for me and my perspective um, over the last 20 years working in global markets, And in those global markets, a lot of them being U.S.-based employees, it's difficult Mm -hmm. to um, connect on a level of detail that you might need to in order to keep a workforce engaged um, and drive the right behaviors on the management team.
0: Diana, well, thank you very much for your time today. I think it's a really interesting sort of subject matter that I think is most definitely top of mind with HR professionals globally and becoming more and more so. so I really appreciate your input.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I was happy to um, participate and I appreciate the time.
0: Yeah. Well, that was the uh, Champagne, Senior Global HR Director, Aftermarket Operations of Pratt & Whitney, discussing how simply treating employees with a little more respect can lead to a higher employee engagement. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, subscribe to our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.